You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast from KEXE and KBXE. I am Heidi Holton with Chelsea Perkins, here again to teach you the ways of radio, Chelsea Perkins. It's true. I'm meeting all the characters, the whole cast. And we welcome in one of the biggest characters I know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I know your character. It's I'm weird. A character. It Aaron Brown. Hey, how you doing? We know you as a character on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That is all I meant by it. I did not mean anything offensive. No, I'm, I'm pretty weird in real life, too. Yeah, it's okay. We've been talking throughout our podcast and between you and me about how nerdy the two of us are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watching legislative hearings while we clean the house, you know, yeah. caring about things like that. So welcome. Yes. I'm glad to be here on the the podcast that has the same name as the show that brought me into KAXC. Is that what the kids call Meta or something? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's uh, Serendipity or or something yes, like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Chelsea, did you know that? This used to I be didn't a, know that. This used to be a call-in show on Saturdays between you and me. Mm-hmm. I did tell you the whole story I knew that why. part. I yes. just didn't know that's how Aaron so Brown there, came on the scene. There mm-hmm. were three three to four contributors each week. It was a two-hour show about the topic that I they would record an essay for me, and then it was also people calling in about it. So Aaron was a staple to that show. We did that for years and years, and every week I, I wrote and recorded a new essay on all kinds of the weirdest topics. Ice cream. Ice cream soup, you know, it was always something different. And I had, it was like a creative prompt. And I will say this now that we can look back on it. I think I credit that experience writing for you, Heidi, of actually improving my writing generally because it really pushed the bounds of like, what I had to do each week. I had to make it interesting and it, it, it really opened up the way I write. So yeah. thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. It was it was a great time. It's kind of like one of those writing journals, you know, it is, you yeah. get, where you open yeah. up and you're like, oh, today I have to write about dogs or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. My wife gave me a like a board game once that basically you pull these cards out and you have to write about whatever comes out. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting because at the time we had, we would have you on the morning show or we would, it was Scott Hall was the news director Mm -hmm. then. And so we would talk to you about, you know, what you're known for, Iron Range politics and history and all of that. But it was a fun way, which I'm sure between you and me in a lot of ways led to the Great Northern Radio Show. Oh, absolutely. Because I think the written content we did for the Great Northern was um, kind of my my contributions to it anyway the the monologues and such were very much like little vignettes like we would have done on between you and me and then of course the combination of music of specialized music selections with the essays and with the call in segments uh is a variety format and mm-hmm. and it was you know that's what led to you know real life it was kind of like a, i always viewed the great northern as like a like a um, iPod, uh, a live iPod, you know, you'd, instead of pushing play, you'd point at some people who hold a bunch of instruments and they'd play that song you wanted them to play. It was a lot of fun. Speaking of which, I heard that you and I have different opinions about pillows on beds. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I, you must have a number of pillows on your bed. (laughs) When I, when the bed is made... Yeah. That is part of the making. Okay. Yeah, you and my <laughs> wife would get along great. And me too. Uh, I'm, I'm all about my pillows. Okay, good. I, as I have said, both on the air and off, will, um, not that we dwell on such things, but should some tragedy ever befall my beloved wife, 
I have said that I would mourn greatly. Uh, I, I would be tears would be pouring down my cheeks as I burn the pillows in the driveway. I was going to yeah. say it was more it was more violent than that. You were warming that up. I was I was I was bleeding you there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want your greasy head on the fancy pillows. They got to take them off every day. Every day you take them off and you put them back on the shams. They got the shams on top of the pillows, and then you got the little pillows that have no purpose that you may not put your head on at all. But even the pillows we do sleep on have special hats that they wear and that must be put on and removed each day. <laughs> I don't like it. So I was telling Chelsea we were reminiscing because Chelsea, before we knew her, had was at the Great Northern Radio Show in Brainerd at Franklin. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about it. And I was we I said that what I remember about the broadcast was hearing my brother laughing, who's a quiet man. He is not a big laugher at the pillow segment. And Chelsea was trying to remember about the show and all of a sudden it rang a bell about the pillows. Yeah, yeah. Well, because my partner was there with me and uh -huh. immediately started elbowing me during yeah. that entire thing. Now how, do, how does he feel about the Oh, pillows? boy. That is the one thing we've maybe argued about okay. in our entire relationship is <laughs> pillows. You argue about it. Well, not not legitimately right. Yeah. argue, right. but sure. I definitely get a lot him, of crap. Do you, do you make him do the maintenance of the pillow project daily does it or do you do it and he just accepts it like is it how tell me about the dynamic okay well there. here's if i'm gonna be like truly honest our bed gets fully made maybe once a week and when it oh. when it is fully made then i i arrange the pillows how mm -hmm. they're supposed to be and then i turn around and i see <laughs> my partner who's office is in our bedroom we have like a a separate little room that's his office and it's like every time i turn around from having finished arranging the pillows he's just looking at me with like this dead stare in his eyes like oh i'm gonna have to take those off later i at least gave him a basket to like contain them mm, when he nice. has to remove them later but he does not he he refused when he makes the bed he he does not participate yes. in the pillow arranging. Okay. So she makes the bed daily. Uh, but the the timing sequence uh, at night often requires me to remove the shams and things. We, all, we also joke because there are two... Oh, this is like intimate. But there are two nasty pillows that we have that, okay. that we call huggy pillows. <laughs> I, I'm I'm telling tales. Are we getting some? No, no, weird? no. It's not what you think. Yeah, uh, is this like a not no, safe for work scenario? No, it's, it's totally clean. Um, not clean. They're they're they're, nasty. they're they're pillows that you kind of hold, sure, kind of as support pillows, and that you can drool on. That are for drooling, yes, and that you can put your face on, and so they're the the grossest of the pillows, and they don't go on the bed when it's made. They they sure. go in the closet. Oh. But every night, the nice pillows and their little sham friends get taken off, and then the nasty pillows come out, and we always joke that it's the night shift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So um, I have a you, – you guys both have met my husband – he is, this is a podcast, so I can say he's a smartass. He's like the biggest yeah. smartass I've ever met in my life. Churlish. 
And I am one of the most naive people. I have, most of the time I still believe him, even though I've been he's married deadpan. to him. Yeah, he's got a real deadpan yes. quality. But he likes to mess up. I make my bed every day, too. That was a Sheila Holton thing. She's yeah. like, if you've made your bed, you've done one thing. So you're set for the day. That's it. So, but I like to arrange it the right way. Mm -hmm. I even, I, I mean, I'm a 54-year-old woman. I even have a little, like, gnome thing I like on there, which I don't understand. But it makes me feel good when I look into the bedroom. It's set up the way I want it to. So he will just, like, change something a little off on it so that I will catch oh, it, nice. you know. Or he takes a nap often. And I'm like, how can, I made the bed. How can you not put it back? And he's like, well, I don't understand your setup and how you do this. <laughs> so it's funny. I, Nate is annoyed with me about the pillows. But on the flip side of things, I'm the one that when we wake up in the morning, I have somehow the blanket is like completely flipped around. The sheets are wrapped in like in like a spiral. And, you know, and he's always like, how in the heck did you manage to do that? You know, he is he is a very static sleeper. Sure. I am not. I talk in my sleep. Mm -hmm. I move in my sleep. I do lots of things in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told I laugh in my sleep, which I, I think too. is kind of nice. <laughs> I used to be terrified when I was a kid, when we like stayed in hotels, that I was going to swear in my sleep and get in trouble <laughs> from my parents. That's deep pathological fear there. That's, yes, yes. Wow. wow. I didn't know this was going to be such a deep uh, yeah. podcast edition here. It, it is. It, it, it got like that. You know, um, <laughs> do you have, uh, do either of you have pets that also spend time in the bed? Yes. Pets are not allowed in our bed. Okay. Well, no. Okay. Dogs are not allowed in our bed. Okay. The cats come and go, but they okay. get kicked off if they're being annoying. Oh, my, my cat sleeps under the covers. I don't put her there. She comes and I yeah. have to go to bed a lot earlier than Tom yeah. because I wake up. I have to wake early up early. Mornings, yeah. It's like I've, set, I've created a cat that's like a mom to me. She leads me to the bedroom if I'm staying up too late and jumps in with me and gets under the covers. And then I think she gets up because she's not there in the morning. I think she goes and hangs out with Tom in the basement and stays up late. So weird. It's kind of gross. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever said out loud that my cat is in my bed with me before. Oh. But I love it. It's like a sleeping pill. Oh, I, 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 so our little dog dog spends time in our bed and she is uh, such a, um, she needs her people. She's just that kind mm -hmm. of dog, always has been. And she couldn't handle it when she was a puppy. And you're not supposed to put the dogs in the bed, but she's very small, and um, she is just as comfortable as she sleeps the whole night through. If we if we have if we're able to get eight full hours of sleep, she'll stay there for eight full hours. She's a good little dog. But um, what you were describing, Chelsea, with the, the churning and and gnashing and all this, th this is also my wife, and so the dog starts the night cuddled with her because she's better than me. Um, but Sometime during the night, uh, the dog ends up over by me out of fear for her life. Um, <laughs> and and I am a, 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 what you said, a static sleeper. I'm more static. And so she knows that I, when I'm out, I'm, I, am, I am the rock of Gibraltar. I am not moving. But, uh, wow. Any other marital disputes we can work through today? No, I don't today, think we or? solved anything today. We, if we're lucky, we didn't cause any problems. We, well, we, we learned right here, the three of us, we are not alone. Yeah. We yeah. all, you know, there's a lot of shared stories here. You're kind of the odd man out here because you don't understand the pillow thing, but... I don't. I but, get it. But I, I mean, I, I get it. 
from an aesthetic standpoint, yes, I get it. I get how it looks. It looks nice. I just, you know, who are these people? Um, I, who are these people that are touring our homes, that are coming through our personal bedrooms to look upon our arrangement of pillows? Who are they? But I do it for me. I do too. I okay. feel better. Okay. Okay. I honestly feel better when I look. I'm walking, going because my I can see the bedroom from our office, from my office, and if the bed is made, I'm just like. <sighs> Mm. Like I just see, feel a I'm like bit that better. about dishes. So I do the dishes. Oh, see, yeah. So, the, but the dishes you walk through the kitchen all the time. So the, I had to really work on myself though, because if I had an unlimited budget, I would probably still I would buy pillows all the time, and I've had to tell myself to stop. I mm. do not buy. I haven't bought pillows in probably eight years because I have plenty. <laughs> um, but because do you have an issue with that too? Do you want to buy more? I do sometimes. I mean, I always look at the pillows, <laughs> but they're kind of ungodly expensive. I know. To be honest oh with my! You. And I'm super cheap. You know, yeah. when it comes to because they're not things I need. I have, you know, I. These, I wonder how many pillows I have in my house. I just thought of that. Oh my god! At these least are 35? pillows you don't lay upon. Right. right. These are fancy pillows. They look. They're just. To they look might be at. a different shape. They might be. Mm. You know, have a nicer fabric. I have a couple of things. It's just like this Ikea, so it looks sort of Scandinavian. They're the ones with the shams, so that gives me a good feel. And then I have a wool blanket that's sort of Scandinavian, so it feels, you know, family-ish. I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. See, for me, like, this sort of gets at one of the things that has always frustrated me about just, I don't know, having a home, is that, like, okay, I've moved many times over my life, right? And it always feels like, my house looks the nicest right before I move. That's yeah, when uh -huh. you fix the paint on the walls. Yep. That's when you do deep cleans. That's when you even like put new things up and like, you know, put new light fixtures in and stuff. And I always have hated that, that it never feels like you do that for yourself. And so when we moved in to where we live now, I, every once in a while, Nate will say something like, you know, well, It'll help with the resale value, you know, if we do that. I'm like, but that's not why I want to do it. Yeah. I want to do it because I want my house to look cute. Yeah. I want to feel mm -hmm. like I have all my art on the walls that I, the way I want it, that if someone were to come in and tour my home, that they would be like, wow, like she's got a great eye. <laughs> cool. Well, I did something like that for my garden this year. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, oh, now we can talk. Yeah, um, uh, it's for no purpose. It serves no purpose, but I put a sign in my garden that I paint. I hand-painted a sign. And, um, Are you feeling okay? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it seems very unlike you for some reason. Well. It's a new you. It is a new, I am at a, um, a new season in my life, I yeah. like to say. Yeah. And, and so I'm doing different things, and one of them is an art project. And this was a sign that was a quote that ins the the quote that inspired me to make my bean arch, which is the centerpiece of my garden, um, and it was from a show that has now been canceled, but that I really enjoyed. Um, Joe Para talks to you. I don't know if you ever heard. It was on um, Cartoon Network. It was a late night show, but it, not a cartoon. It was a real action show based on the UP of Michigan. So. It was kind of like here, you know, mm -hmm. in many ways. Anyway, he has an episode where he does the bean arch, and it is exactly that. It is He shows you exactly how to really actually do the bean arch. 
And there's some comedy and, and light, light things in there too. But he has a quote that says, the best part about it is you reach up and pick a bean. So I made a sign that says, reach up and pick a bean. So that when Aww. the beans fill in and the beans da- literally dangle down from the top of this arch. And, and that's, it's like, if you're used to the bush beans where you reach down and you're crouching, I hate crouching. Crouching is the, my least favorite thing in the world. And um, <laughs> has been since I was a child. In kindergarten, they wanted us to sit um, cross-legged on the floor. I hated it so much, so much. I was a little round boy. I'm a little round man now, but it it it, it doesn't work, you know. Anyway, but the idea of just reaching up to get the beans was special to me, and and no one else likes it uh, or cares, but it makes me smile and and see? happy to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. I put lights on my garden fence this year, solar powered. Uh, twinkle lights. <laughs> I always worry that the plants will dislike the artificial lighting. See, the, this, this is so small. Like, twinkle. my garden is so big, and the lights are okay. so inobtrusive that I don't think there's any okay. way that they But it know. sounds like that's crossed your mind in the same way it has with Aaron. Well, on my deck, I have bigger lights that are brighter, and I have hanging plants that are right next to them. And I do sometimes think, like, if they're like, hey, lady... You know, we kind of want to go to bed here. <laughs> Do the plants thrive? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the deck plants are always a little bit of a crapshoot, right? Mm-hmm. Because our well, our deck is in like the blazing sun. Yeah. Um, I've been working toward creating a little bit better environment to like for us to enjoy. So I found this one of those giant umbrellas, like super big umbrellas at a garage sale for like 20 bucks so that's on our deck now so we have a shadier spot um this year i'm committed to making sure that those flowers stay watered and i'm i'm i feel like that might happen this year because we put drip irrigation in our actual garden so i don't have to spend as much time worrying about watering is it automated it is okay we have a timer so it's set to right now i mean we have to water more because it hasn't been raining at all. Uh, but it's like life changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had to work through some kinks to make sure that the pump is working right and that it's <laughs> the first time we turned it on. All of the hoses blew out like dynamite. <laughs> it's like really scary. You had some air in there. Yeah. Yes. How did the plants take that? Um, well, there wasn't much in the garden yet at that okay, point, okay. so we were just sort of going through the troubleshooting, but mm-hmm. I think they're pretty happy. I think they're pretty glad that they're, like, yeah. getting watered regularly instead of, you know, my very all-over-the-place So approach. I became a gardener because my wife wanted to become a gardener and spent for several years in a row killed the plants for lack of watering. And finally, almost as a humanitarian uh, act of mercy i i said stop i will take care of the plants from now on and and then i became a gardener and now i garden so wow yeah <clears throat> um so i'm a master gardener and my partner nate joined the program this year so he is an in- and he did that of his own volition i didn't i didn't do that to just to get another helper but it's actually been excellent because before i mean he would help me of course a lot with maintaining the garden and everything but he didn't know why I did things or like why things mattered necessarily or what the reason was for this and now he knows that and for instance we planted some tomatillos and 
the first time ever that I've had a pest problem with them almost immediately out the gate, which they're some potato beetles. And he came in and he's like, something's eating the tomatillos. And I found these bright orange eggs on the bottom and there's like a beetle that scuttled into the straw. <laughs> I'm like, this is great observation. Like, I'm so grateful that someone else <laughs> is looking at the plants and looking for pests and trying to solve problems. And together, we solved our beetle problem. I figured out what I needed to, you know, we have an organic garden, so I don't use pesticides um, and things like that. But so we put down diatomaceous earth and lo and behold, beetle problem gone because that's essentially like walking on glass for these little little uh, creatures, which makes me feel slightly guilty. But also, <laughs> it's okay to, you know, they're, they're, you're not like making them eat it. No, I mean, it's just like ecological warfare, though. Right, I mean, that's right, that's right, what yeah. gardening is. You're just constantly battling the elements to try to maybe produce. You're trying to produce <laughs> a bean, un, <laughs> unnatural things in in a you know, especially when like we live in the woods, deep in the woods, and um, we're surrounded on all sides by a swamp. The only thing that really protects my garden is a fenced. We have a fenced-in yard for our dog, and so. We've not had big problems with rabbits and some of the things you'd expect to get after it. The deer can't get in there and things like that. Um, I'm always amazed. I haven't had a bad problem with beetles or bugs. And I don't know. I think it's just our the other things that eat them are, are prevalent in where we live. So I, I, I just think that those things don't make it because we have so many birds. And I, I, that's another thing I'm into is the birds. Me but, too, um, which I, I'm so surprised by. <laughs> I just didn't think I would ever be into birds. Did John ever tell John Latimer ever tell the story of our Phoebe on the radio? I think he did. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yep. The 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 rescued Phoebe fledged this week oh. and uh, is presumably off being a Phoebe somewhere else. Oh. Yeah. I just saw Phoebe for the first time. I didn't know what that was before. We we just would have called them little brown birds. I know. Um, but with the Merlin app, I figured this yeah, stuff out. Yeah, it's pretty they, exciting. They're. they're um, they're interesting because they build their nests and are very comfortable with people. Yeah. And that's what makes them kind of interesting because they don't get too bothered by people being around. So. Yeah. John calls them LBBs. And like a long time ago, we had um, Augie Jensen yeah. drew them for us. And we had like note cards, LBB note cards were pretty yeah. cool. So I'd like to find those again. But that's right. I forgot we went on Christmas bird count together. We did a couple years ago. You guys were very kind to let yep. me go with. My son Henry and I have gone with John Latimer, I think this five years now um since henry was a much younger kid and uh now he's uh working for the forest service yeah. this uh this summer so it's kind of exciting it's gone full circle there we go well that's aaron brown thank you for this podcast we just grabbed you it's okay P Any uh, pillows uh gardens <laughs> and, and birds that's great great content well let me throw in one you know news related question okay. as long as we're yeah. here which is there's some pretty big news in the mining area of things in the mm -hmm. state this this past week or so. What what's your biggest takeaway from the decision by the core to revoke the permit for Polymet? Well, I, I um I, <laughs> this this Polymet story has been around for you know almost 20 years. I want to say they've been kicking around for 15, 16, 17 years in some form or another. And I, I years ago, I kind of set the rule, don't get too upset one way or the other. Don't get too agitated or, or over, don't overplay 
individual little segments of the story because they probably don't matter as much in the in the long run because there's different back and forth things that happen. This one I'd say counts as a as a newsworthy uh, entry in the timeline because it is the it is a really definitive setback for this um, new range metals this new company that formed the combination of polymet and tech resources and I think one other and um, it's the but it's the polymet site you know, but the old Hoyt Lakes the Erie the old Erie site at Hoyt Lakes and I I think because they used the um, effects on the Fond du Lac bands lands south on you know down down river I think um, it, it's what I've been saying is it suggests that when they redo their if they, if they're going to pursue permits and they actually are considering what they want to do they haven't said definitively that they're going to reapply I expect they will and if they do um, I, they have two ways they can go and one that I think would work better than the other but the one way they could go is try to essentially be you know more combative on the um letters of the law they you know the mining company believed and has stated that it it felt that this standard that was enforced for this decision was new uh was was something that hadn't been considered before and not fair for that reason and they could try to argue that point alternatively um they may want to consider uh how to uh, package uh, a permit application that takes into consideration the um, the downriver, the uh, the um, people down in the lower and the watershed, and and maybe even uh, addresses the tribe directly and works with it's it, these things are relationship based, and the relationship is so poor right now between. Um, Iron Range mining companies, Iron Range local officials and political leaders, and the tribes, and it's it's so um, negative both ways that it's hard to imagine them working together. But I I think if you want to take this all the way from application to permit to mining, it's got to be more clear in the permit language. And so maybe I say like maybe that could be a good thing. That might be a good thing for the project to do. One of the big problems is, you know, they applied for a mine of a certain size and then told their investors that they're going to be opening a mine of a much larger size. Well, the regulators caught, you know, noticed that. And and so that's an area where if you could just be clear about what kind of mine, not only what kind of mine you're going to open, but how big is it? What's it going to do? What exactly are you doing to mitigate how long and how robustly will you mitigate and and maybe there's a way to work this out but it was a definitive setback on on that particular project and you know i always have been kind of skeptical of those of polymet twin metals those kind of projects just because of the costs and logistics of them and and that's why i think the company is taking a step back to think about whether the investing in, in this is going to go. But I wouldn't count them out. I don't think there's still a lot of money that Glencore, the main parent investor in these junior minor com companies, there's still a lot of money that they have in this. And and they may want to just try to keep their, their thumbtack poked into this little part of the map 
uh, by putting something new together. Well, I appreciate you filling me in on that, Aaron. I, you know, it's it's a topic that. I only know as a news consumer, not mm-hmm. something I have covered much myself. And so I appreciate the fact that it's something you're immersed in and can really talk about on a, a more, you know, uh, expert level than than anything I can push out of my mouth. So thanks yeah. for that. Well, you're welcome. I uh, predict there will be more conversations in the future between Chelsea and Aaron about mining. Yes. <laughs> not pillows, though. We're done with that I one. I think yes. we've reached the Over. boundaries of our of our friendship in terms of pillows. Pillow talk yes. is done. <laughs> Definitely not going to be the name of our podcast. No. <laughs> Good night. Uh, all right. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Between You and Me podcast on KAXE made possible by the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and the citizens of Minnesota, with music by Sam Milton.